What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today, I got a great episode for you, episode 393, Humanity's Origin Weirder Than Sci-Fi. This is the Anunnaki creation story. Again, episode 393. Thank you guys so much for your support for this many episodes and on into the 400s and on and on and on. I really, really appreciate everybody. Um, What I'm going to get into today is the Anunnaki creation story from the Epic of Atrahasis. This is a fantastic text. Um, I've gotten into this before, but I've had so many questions recently that um, I literally thought we needed to retouch on this because the questions that I keep getting asked can be answered by talking about the Anunnaki creation story. And it's been quite a while since I actually did an episode on this. Just time to update it. Even though it's been maybe six months ago, time to update it. So that's what we're going to do today. The Epic of Atrahasis, if you have not heard of it, um, is a really, really cool text. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I'll put it on the screen. Uh, there it is. Blip. The Epic of Atrahasis. Atrahasis is how I pronounce it. What's up, Sorry? How are you? Uh, Apopo, thank you for being here. Let's see. Uh, can you topic a Knights Templar story? I don't know anything about the Knights Templar, unfortunately. Um, I stick to more mythologies, so that's kind of what I stay around, specifically like the biblical mythos, the extra-biblical mythos within the Sumerian, Babylonian, Akkadian. That's kind of my specialty, so sorry. I don't know a lot about that. Uh, There's a lot of people that do, but I have not really gotten into that. Not saying I won't, but uh, I just have not because I don't. It's not really in my wheelhouse, so... Uh, so with that said, anyway, thanks for the request. I appreciate it. But, um, okay. So, uh, I guess we have bots in here tonight because two different people are asking the same exact thing. So I don't know, whatever. Uh, JJ, how are you doing? Debbie, thanks for being here. Yami, thanks for being here. Lane, Natalie, Clayton, Flat, E, how are you? Holmes, what's up? Tammy, thanks for being here. Norm, Sweet Tooth, Randy Smith. Thank you guys so much uh ninma thank you for being here so as we get going um we're gonna get into epic of atrahasis and i want to talk about the history of this a little bit i don't normally get into history stuff but this is really one that like we we have to talk about the history of it because it's super important because so many people think that um the biblical canon came first and that's not in any form or fashion the actual case so uh i'm not a historian do your own research go look it up but i have gathered some data to to just share as as much as i can uh what's up kenny how are you doing uh so genesis the book of genesis um most people agree uh the tradition credits moses as the author of genesis you can look this up on wikipedia You can also look it up on other websites. You can even read scholarly papers about it. So, uh, but most traditions credit it to Moses, uh, as well as the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. However, modern scholars, especially from the 19th century onward, place the book's authorship 
in the 6th and 5th centuries BC, hundreds of years after Moses is supposed to have lived, okay? Uh, that might be a big conspiratorial thing, you know, especially if you're Bible-inspired Word of God kind of person. That might be a bit of a shock to find out that, hey, maybe it was actually stories handed down, right? Um, so based on this interpretation, scientific, archaeological, genetic, and linguistic evidence, most mainstream Bible scholars consider Genesis to be primarily mythological rather than historical. Um, I have seen this corroborated on many television shows. I've seen it on uh, what I consider reputable YouTube channels. Again, do your own research. I'm not here to tell you this is the truth, but I'm just saying from Wikipedia to other papers that I've read to uh, even, like I said, reputable television shows and uh, YouTube channels, it seems to be that Genesis was written a bit later than they originally had proposed. Uh, and again, that's not the religious interpretation of that. That's just kind of the sidelines deconstructed or just looking at it for what it is. So um, much love and respect, by the way, this is not a religious channel. I'm not going to debate religion with anybody tonight. If you're trying to prove to me that Jesus is the only way I'm going to save my soul, uh, you can take that somewhere else. I love you. I respect you. Uh, you have the right to share that. And, and I do respect your opinion, but I'm not going to get into a heated debate about it. That's not what I do on my channel. This channel is for people who are deconstructed, who are open-minded and who really just like mythology and want to know more about the human mythos through these ancient stories and looking at the simulation that we live in in a brand new light and that's really what i like to bring to the table um, i consider myself a supernatural mythologist uh that's kind of a new term that i've coined um and with that um it really is what i'm interested in in life i love stories i love movies i love tv i love uh, the stories of old. I love the biblical stories. I love all of it. And I take it all as a beautiful mythos that all works together in, in a lot of ways. And I'm not dogmatic about any of that. I used to be. I used to be heavily steeped in church and religiosity, churchianity stuff. Uh, I'm not anymore. So with that said, you know, that that's what this channel is about. So welcome if you're new here. If you're not, uh, you know, no worries. So uh, you, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, uh, hey, Teresa, how are you? Teresa says, hey, Cub. Thank you for being here, Teresa. I hope you're having a beautiful evening, my friend. Uh, Mike Moe says, what up, finally? How are you, my friend? Thanks for being here. Rachel says, shared. Thank you for the share. Uh, not a debate channel. Rachel says, yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, that's yeah, some people do that. I'm just not really into it because for me, there's like no fruitfulness in that. Um, if I have to prove something to you, this probably isn't the channel for you. Uh, if you're open to just like, you know, who am I? What is this world about? It, are we in a simulation? This is the right channel. Because uh, beyond that, you know, I can't prove anything, but I can certainly talk about it all day long. I, I promise I can get you to ask better questions. And I promise I can help get you to look at yourself in the mirror and, and question who, who am I really? And guys, that's, that's literally what's gotten me over so many things in my life uh, to forgive myself and others and grow and become the person that I am today. Um, and ultimately, it never came to me through 
trying to hold on to some dogmatic belief system just because that's what I was raised with. So, um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Moses is serving a different God, uh, not the Christian God that Christ talks about. So yes, that's, that's part of the, what, of what I propose. Um, and we're going to look at that here. And, uh, and there's a good reason to believe that by the way, when you look and you realize that the book of Genesis and a lot of the other books within the biblical canon are coming out of a way pre-biblical mythos called the Sumerian, Babylonian, and Akkadian Anunnaki mythologies, okay? Anunnaki is really a newer term coined. This is something that's gotten very popular, um, and I actually resisted even talking about it for a long time because I didn't really like the popularity, and I was like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, it's just, that's goofy and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't even talk about it for a long time. And then I picked up one of these things and I read the mythology and I went, holy moly, like, wait a minute, back the train up. What have I been missing here? And when I discovered what was in these things, um, it, it literally changed my life, guys. And that's that's where I'm at today. And that's actually part of the reason I got so heavy into mythology. I went, wait a minute, this this completely wrecks everything I thought I knew. If this mythology can do that, what can other mythologies do for my life? Because I think inherently we hear the word mythology and we go, oh, it's mythology. That means it's not real. It means it's not true, right? Okay, if that's how you want to view it. But what if they're the most real things in the world? What if they have the most truth for you and who you are? No, they might not be historical. No, they might not be fact-based in the point where every little detail is correct, but they might contain a mythos that actually is life transforming for each of us because the allegory and the story for me is the most important thing in my walk and in my spiritual uh, search, if you will. Um, so that's what we're going to get into today. It's pretty, um, th th this is going to be like if you haven't heard this, it's probably going to wreck some of your prior conceptions of, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, dot, dot, dot. Because uh, it's going to get you to question, like, what what is that God? What was it? Was it a real entity? Was it actually another human being or a humanoid or maybe another being come down from the stars? Uh, I'm going to share with you guys the ancient astronaut theory here, but I'm also going to share a spiritual side of this. And I'm also going to share my authentic interpretation and really what gets me up in the morning, um, which is a, a, a different spin on this. And I think it's, that's going to be where we're, we're going to spill the tea on that here at the end. So be sure and stick around. Let's buckle up. Let's go. Uh, joystick says like Egyptian mythology. So this is not considered Egyptian mythology. This is uh what we consider pre-biblical mythology and in fact these are some of the oldest writings that we even have and they're not writings that we consider writing these are called cuneiform so they were stamped in clay and they have these little um paddles made out of a reed basically and uh, they would stamp them in clay and little designs back and forth duh, 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 duh. and by doing that they left these little impressions in the clay then they would bake the clay and then they would pull that out and they have 
a piece of pottery essentially with these symbols baked into it. And the symbols are very difficult to read. They all pretty much look the same to me. I cannot read them, but I stand on the backs of giants who have literally interpreted these for uh, many, many years, figured out what they mean, understood the language and been able to uh, translate that language. Zacharias Sitchin was one of them, famously the ancient astronaut theorist. Um, but for me, I want to build beyond the ancient astronaut theory today. I'm going to share that if you've never heard it, but I really want to build beyond that because my work goes beyond that. What I'm actually on this planet to do goes beyond the the, the conspiracy of uh, the Anunnaki, right? And it's really not even a conspiracy anymore. I mean, we, we, we've heard about these, these beings enough to know that, okay, they're there and they're most likely what we're talking about in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. A lot of the tradition in the New Testament and even the modern church talks about what we would consider an Anunnaki deity rather than an all-pervading entity or a super consciousness of the universe, or as I call it, source. The Hindu would call it an Atman, uh, excuse me, the Brahman. Uh, your connection within that is called the Atman. So, uh, what's up, Molly? How are you? Welcome, my friend. I hope you're having a beautiful evening. I always say day, but it's actually evening now. So, uh, Benny says, I just joined. Seems interesting. What is this about exactly? So, we're reading one of the absolute oldest mythologies about the origin of humanity, way predating, like way predating the book of Genesis. Um, this is something you won't hear in church. This is something I never heard growing up. And when I discovered this, it literally, it kind of wrecked my life for a while, to be honest. It really wrecked my faith and had a lot of existential crises and stuff like that. Um, and I really had to work through that and I'm on the other side now and I can authentically share, um, and, and feel a lot more confident about sharing because I understand now it's not the end of the world if I have to question my belief system. It actually, it, it helps you grow, right? And if you can't question your belief system, is it really that strong in the first place, right? So I think that's that's kind of where I got uh, hung up on myself with that. So uh, Pinche says, Anunnaki is in the Old Testament, question mark. No, Anunnaki are not actually in the Old Testament as described as Anunnaki. However, it's... It, it has to be the same thing. Does that make sense? Uh, like there, I don't know how it's not the same thing, if that makes sense. So, uh, John Carl says, congrats on the 15 K subs cub. You deserve a billion subs. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. The gods created the simulation, not the God. Yes. Uh, yes and no. And I, and I want to talk about that theory. Um, because there's a bunch of different theories about that. There's what's called the game maker, and then there's the actual power behind the game, right? And so I want to talk about what that even looks like and, and what some of these really over-spiritualized beings like Yaldabaoth that we've talked about, what they may actually be. And, and it may not even be like as negative as we feel like it is. It may actually just be as simple as a programmer having fun and making themselves that archetype to be a character in that game so that you have something to play against, right? And you might actually be best friends with that game maker, if you will. You might actually be enjoying this game if you realize that. And you might realize that the source of that game is actually what makes you you, uh, is actually the true reality that you get to live in. Um, 
And so that's really, really fascinating. So Leviathan is actually a, a beast within the Old Testament, within Job. Uh, and Yaldabaoth is a Gnostic mythological character, uh, which is the offspring of Sophia, which is wisdom out of ignorance. She had a, an offspring without her consort and uh, created this unholy being, basically, who out of ignorance himself created a cloud or she put him in a cloud. He started to create a world in that cloud. And then uh, even went as far as to create his own archons, his own deities, his own angels, his own demons. And uh, he used angels and demons to construct the first human, Adam. And they put the light of the source, which is actually the true father and mother, in that being. And thought that they could hide that light there so that they could get served by that light. When really that light started to shine through and there were certain archons what we would consider Enki in this mythology we're about to read that revealed that to these beings that, Hey, you can actually procreate on your own. That's what the actual fruit was rather than what we hear in the book of Genesis. So I don't know. That's a lot. This is a lot. This is a lot guys. I, I take on a lot um, by even getting into this because it just goes deep and it's it's very hard for people to grasp especially like the fact that this is that old and we we always thought even if you're not christian if you're not uh any kind of faith uh, individual you've probably heard of the book of genesis you probably know the adam and eve story right like it's in everything but what if what if there's a book there's a text that is much 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 older and tells a very different tale that actually could change everything for us. And that's actually what this is. It's called the Epic of Atrahasis. I'll put it back up on the screen. We got some new people joining here. Um, and it is, you can find it online. I'm reading it at lascivious.com right now, I believe. Uh, or excuse me, livius.org. Um, I do a lot of .org stuff, a lot of um, Nonprofit uh, databases of these mythologies. You know, there's gnosis.org for all your Gnostic stuff. There's sacred dash texts. There's uh, Livius. There's uh, the libraries um, at a lot of the scholarly um, websites, like with Yale, um, Harvard. Uh, they all have, uh, you know, a lot of these different ancient mythologies on there. I have not found a good database for everything that we talk about here. I have to go search for it. I have to find it. I have to find versions of it that are uh, public domain that I can actually, you know, get into, uh, though I never really read through the whole thing. So uh, we pretty much cover fair use with everything we do, but um, I highly recommend them. You know, you I can't even find this one in an actual book. Like it's that old and obscure but it's very, very important, I think. So a summary of it, of the things that are included in this. I'm just going to run through these and then I'll take a few questions before we start reading just to make sure I cover cover anything that I didn't uh, get. So, uh, okay. So this covers the conditions immediately after creation and the lower gods having to work really hard and then they start to complain. Then there's the revolt of the lower gods. Then there's negotiations with the great gods. Then there's proposal to create humans. Then the creation of man. I'm going to find my center here so I can breathe because I keep talking too fast. 
um, man's noisy behavior. Then there's new complaints from the gods. The supreme god and Lil's decision to extinguish mankind by the great flood. Now I want you to know that this says the supreme god. And we're going to see that this is anything but the supreme god. Okay. Uh, this is a deity. A deity uh, that probably shouldn't be called the supreme deity. Right. Like probably shouldn't be called that. Um, and we're going to see that because he's going to make a lot of really questionable decisions. It's going to be, um, quite the, uh, challenge as, as we dig into this because, um, he is going to, sorry, I'm trying to do too many things at once here. Okay. There we go. Uh, he is going to make a lot of really questionable decisions is what I was trying to say. And then those questionable decisions ultimately are, you know, what we end up with in the biblical canon, um, those questionable decisions, you know, he basically says, don't question him. Um, but at the end of the day, the ones that question him, uh, they don't end up unalived like he said they would. They don't end up, you know, in the, uh, uh, the abyss as he said. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to look at that. That's, that's why all of this connects so weirdly to the Bible. Uh, I've got a lot of tabs open today because this gets deep. So, uh, Atrahasis is warned in a dream. Okay, Atrahasis is Noah, by the way. Noah. You've heard of Noah, Noah's Ark. Atrahasis is the Noah character, okay? Atrahasis came before Noah. Not not actually came before Noah in history. Not like he was Noah's uncle or great-great-uncle. I mean, like, the name Atrahasis is where the whole idea of Noah was passed down. It had to be because this is a much, much earlier mythology and it somehow it had to get passed down and then changed and adopted into different cultures. One of which is where we get the biblical canon from. So Anki explains the dream to Atrahasis and betrays the plan. This is where you get the serpent in the garden of Eden. The garden of Eden had a serpent in it. Anki is actually the half-brother of Enlil. Anki is technically the creator god here because he had the technology to create. We're about to see that. Uh, and Enlil basically had the battle plan. He's the god of the air. Anki is the lord of the earth. Anki then becomes the lord of the Apsu, which is the saltwater marsh, or what we would even consider the Atlantean civilization later on. Then there's construction of the ark, boarding of the ark, departure, the great flood. The gods are hungry because there are no farmers left to bring sacrifices and decide to spare Atrahasis, even though he is a rebel. Um, and I want to mention that part. I've said for the last year on this podcast that these gods wanted us to sacrifice to them because they were that was their food. They just didn't want to go do it. They didn't want to hunt. They didn't want to go. They couldn't even go out in the sun like we can, according to some of these mythologies. If this is all real and literal, could be the biggest cover-up in humanity, right? If it's all mythological, then it still tells us a very different story about who we are. So either way, you decide to take this. I'm not here to tell you how to take it. Either way it creates a completely different picture of where we're at, of what humanity is, of what the purpose of you and me are. 
Isabel, thank you for joining my friend. Isabel's hailing in from California. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Um, let's see. Uh, Jamie says Matthew 723. I don't know off the top of my head what that says, but, um, you know, I, I can tell from your comment rubbish that if you don't agree with us, that's totally fine. My friend, totally fine. This is not rubbish. This is actual data, actual mythology predating the biblical canon. There's nothing rubbish about it. This is something that you might learn sitting in class if you took a mythology class, right? That's one of the things I specialize in, and I do put the supernatural spin on it. So I'm not here to tell you that everything I say is the, the gospel truth, but I'm here to tell you it's my authentic expression. And what I'm going to read from these mythologies is what's in them. Like, you can't make this up. This idea of them being unhappy because the sacrifices weren't coming in um, because uh, Enki messed up the whole plan, you know, that's in the mythology. And I, I again, I can't make that up because we're going to actually read that. I'm not going to get to that part tonight, but we will read that probably tomorrow. And then we're going to come back to the Gnostic mythology that I've been reading that has Barbello and Sophia and has the father and has Christ and all of the different archetypes in it. And so we're going to get back into that. But this was a really, I needed to segue for a minute because I was having so many questions. So I needed to get through this. So Steve says, sup, bro. Thank you so much. Vaughn says mythology equals myth. Exactly. But myth equals mythos. Mythos is a set of agreement about a thing. And your life is literally programmed by your mythos. Like a thousand percent, what you believe programs your life. What you think, feel, and do programs your reality within the simulation. Okay. I am a simulation theorist as well. Um, that's something I believe deeply. It's something I practice. It's something I preach. The more I practice it, the more I preach it, the more weirdly, you know, surreally um, accurate it feels. So uh, that is that is part of where I approach this from is I'm trying to give a, a little bit different interpretation than maybe what you're used to with some of these things. Sure, you've heard of Anunnaki before, but where do they fit in if this is all a simulation anyway? So we're going to talk about that. So um jimmy exactly mythology is not the truth it's stories and i got i'm going to tell you guys um i have a philosophy on truth i'm going to share with you two at the end here uh, and it's one of my core agreements and it's actually something i've been working on uh building into my coursework structure over in our membership uh you guys that are members um this is some some groundbreaking stuff that has really changed my life recently I actually had a channeling session last night uh, after the podcast where I wrote like, I don't know, over a hundred pieces of data that I just got channeled through me. And one of those core agreements um, is, I think, just really mind-blowing. And I'm going to share that here at the end about the simulation. And, and we're going to be uncovering a lot of that. I'm going to have to go through all of that data over the weeks and months and even year to come to process it, to teach it. Uh, it was a beautiful session. I have not even shared with my community about this experience. So if you're watching right now, you're hearing it for the first time. Uh, thank you guys for all the support. Um, and it's really, really cool that I, I had that experience. I've never had what I would consider like a truly channeling experience, but
but I could not stop the ideas coming to me. I could not stop the downloads and, and I've never experienced like quite that level of intense, just boom, 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 over and over, like banger after banger after banger. Like if I was a musician, I would have written like 10 albums last night. Like it was insane. Such a cool experience. So really, really excited to be able to share that by the way. Um, okay. So, uh, Smokey Bear says, good stuff, bro. Subscribe. Thank you so much, my friends. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Mother earth is mother. God and father is soul inside of us. Uh, Wendy, you know, absolutely. You know, within the simulation for sure. Mother earth is mother, uh, mother, mother outside the simulation is something very, very, very different. So, and we'll talk more about that later because this is layered guys. It goes deep. It goes wide. It goes up. It goes down. It goes everywhere. And I'll show you um, how all of this works together again. I promise, I promise I will show you how all of this works together by the end of tonight. So, uh, or at least give you better questions. So uh, let's see. Yeah, Anunnaki uh, have a lot to do with the construct, the construct. And so what I'm about to read, you're going to like see like, wait, wait a minute. Like the, the construct's already being set up, right? Because right here, regulations to cut down the noise childbirth infant mortality and celibacy are put into place that's going to happen at the very end of this document so i'm going to start out again epic of atrahasis this document the epic of atrahasis um the oldest known copy of the epic tradition concerning atrahasis can be dated uh by scribal identification or colophon to the region of Humarati's great-grandson uh, in 1646 to 1626 BC. However, old Babylonian dialect fragments exist and the epic continued to be copied into the first millennium BC. So we're looking at like, we're looking pretty early 16, uh, 1646 to 1626. So that would be what the 17th century BC, I believe. Um, I always have a hard time with the math and the directions on that, but clearly, clearly before the book of Genesis, book of Genesis is around the sixth and fifth centuries is what most people agree at this point. It was, it was written again, go check all the data, but I find it fascinating. Um, there is also another piece of writing and I'll read this at some point. Uh, this was cuneiform and it was, um, let's see, da, 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 da. this one is called, um, oh, I can't even find the name of it. Uh, but it contains parts of the Epic of Gilgamesh and it's a, it's a specific piece and it, it's one of the older pieces that we have. So. Anyway, I'm not an archaeologist. I just find this fascinating. And I, I really care more about the story. So that's what we're going to get into the story here. So the story starts out with the complaints of the lower gods. It says, when the gods were man, they did forced labor. They bore drudgery. Great indeed was the drudgery of the gods. The forced labor was heavy and the misery too much. So one of the things that when the gods were man... That doesn't mean they were actually humans. That doesn't mean they were you and me. That means when they were in the place of man. Okay. That means that they were doing the forced labor that they didn't want to do to build the civilizations that they were building. So, 
the seven great Anuna gods were burdening the Ajiji gods with forced labor. So there are seven great Anuna gods. Anuna means from the sky, Anuna gods. They are burdening the Ajiji gods, which are the lesser gods with forced labor. I have likened these Ajiji gods to what are considered the watchers or the gray alien archetype, okay, if you're into like paranormal stuff. That's the way I envision it. The Ajiji gods were said to be a lot smaller, you know, from all of the different mythologies I've looked into with this. And so they sound to me like off-planet worker bees, small worker bees, your your gray alien archetype. They don't they're not really built to work, right? And they're probably doing it with technology. They're probably doing it with, you know, and just round the clock kind of stuff. So that's kind of my like sci-fi interpretation of this. So you could think of this just as these are on earth deities and then there are off earth deities who are basically running a workforce. And these are like ranks within a military rank rather than uh, what we would consider, you know, these gods are more holy than the others. Cause we got to remember the word holy just means set apart. So maybe they are more holy because they're more set apart off the earth than these gods. They just literally have a higher status because they're off earth on a base or a craft or a ship or something like that. So uh, Nelly says, I like your bike in the bag. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. That's my, uh, I got that. It's brand new. I haven't, I've ridden it once and I got to take it to the shop and get a few things done because I bought it in Colorado, drove it down. And the pressure change, I got to get a few things adjusted on it because like the brakes don't work very well because the pressure down here in Texas versus Colorado, a little bit different. And uh, but thank you, not to not to sidetrack here. I appreciate that. Uh, they forced the Gigi to work for thousands of years. Yeah, exactly. So that's really where we get like a lot of this. Shelly, what is up, my friend? Shelly says hello, Kevin family. I like the light, like the late night stream. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Mike, what is up? How are you doing? Danimal, thanks for being here. Mr. Yum Yum, how you doing, my friend? Resident Sheep in the house. we got a lot of people on tonight. Thank you guys so much. Um, So, this, oh, you think that's weird? Yeah, we're about to get into it. So, um, then it says the gods were digging water courses, canals they opened, the life of the land. The Ajiji gods were digging water courses, canals they opened, the life of the land. This a lot of these are written in poetic style, by the way, so it repeats several lines. The Ajiji gods dug the Tigris River and the Euphrates River thereafter. Springs they opened from the depths, wells they established. So again, th this is setting up some of the most important rivers to Mesopotamian culture early on, Tigris and Euphrates River. Now remember, Mesopotamian is between the rivers. That's what that means. So um, this is like the origin story of that civilization and the Mesopotamian civilization, in my humble opinion, is one that we should study a whole lot more. One that we should really understand the mythology around, uh, because it may put us closer in touch with our origin in my humble opinion. So, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Alex Beck, I have no idea what you're talking about, brother. Sorry. Uh, I literally don't know what that means. Um, I don't know what the union is, but maybe I'm out of the loop. So you guys know more than I do. I'm telling you. I have, I have specific knowledge sets, and you guys, 
you guys always ask me stuff that I'm like, I don't even know what the context is. So, but good for y'all. Uh, they heaped up the mountains. Then there's several lines missing. Uh, years of drudgery. The vast marsh. Both of those were missing parts there. They counted years of drudgery and 40 years too much. Forced labor they bore night and day. They were complaining, denouncing, muttering down in the ditch. Let's face up to our foreman, the perfect, or the prefect. Let's face up to our foreman, the prefect. He must take off our heavy burden upon us and Lil, counselor of the gods, the warrior, come, let us remove him from his dwelling. And Lil, the counselor of the gods, the warrior, come down, let us remove him from his dwelling. Now call them for battle. Battle, let us join warfare. The gods heard his words. They set fire to their tools. They put fire to their spades, a flame to their work baskets. Off they went, one and for all, to the gate of the warrior and Lil's abode. They literally stormed the house of God. Again, we know Enlil, if you study mythology at all, you know that Enlil is the archetype of Yahweh, is the archetype of the, the ancient deities, the biblical deity that we would consider. Um, and this is what is happening in this mythology here. These lower gods, the worker gods, storm the house of this warrior god, the storm god, Enlil. Uh, they're not happy. They're tired of working. So now this is the insurrection of the lower gods. If you didn't think that was enough, it was night halfway through the watch. The house was surrounded, but the God did not know it was night halfway through the watch. A cur was surrounded, but Enlil did not know. So Enlil had no idea a cur. Uh, the general consensus on that is that it means mountain house mountain house mountain house aka pyramid okay do i think he lived in the actual pyramid no do i think he had a craft that was a pyramid yeah i mean if 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 these are literal stories then absolutely um so the mountain house is what they stormed the occur um so i hope that makes i hope that makes sense um let's see um uh, have i heard of humans uh not being originally from earth yes yeah absolutely and that's what we're about to actually see is that we're a hybridization according to this mythology and many 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 other mythologies i mean you can go look at greek norse egyptian you can look at the biblical mythology guys it's like every single one of them blanca how are you my friend every single one of them show clearly that somehow the gods took part of the gods and made humanity like it's it's the weirdest thing like we either have the essence we either have the life we either have the light we either have the spirit some there's some weird mix that we are part god right um and that's what every one of these mythologies is about guys and and if you don't believe me just start digging into mythology have fun with it if i can give you one piece of advice it's start reading mythologies and do not read them dogmatically have fun with it understand the archetypes and read enough to to see oh that's that archetype that's that archetype that's that archetype what is an archetype you might ask an archetype is 
the best example of a thing. Okay, so Enlil would be the storm god archetype. He would be the best example, the perfect example of a storm god. He comes down from the sky, he creates storms, he wreaks havoc, he demands worship, he demands his authority, he demands that there are no other gods before him. All of this is in the Sumerian mythology that we're reading, by the way, like, and, and other ones. What's up, Frank? What's up, brother? How you doing? Enlil is Yahweh, and the seven princes of H-E-L-L fell from Yahweh, not the most high. Yes, exactly. And, and I mean, that's, and I understand, yes, that's your opinion, Frank. That's my opinion. But it's also what the text says. It's also what the mythology says. So if you're going to sit here and look at the Bible and say, well, the Bible says this, well, I can say, well, this says this. Okay. And it's not to argue with anyone. It's just, if we're going to take what the text says, this is what the text says. Because clearly, um, you have the seven Anuna gods. The seven Anuna gods are like the divine council, right? Um, that you hear about in the Bible. The Elohim, the Elohim. You've probably heard of these. So, the great gods send a messenger. Nusku opened his gate, took his weapons, and went and Lil in the assembly of all the gods. He knelt, stood up, expounded the command Anu, your father. Your counselor, the warrior Enlil, your prefect Ninruta, and your bailiff Anuji have sent me to say, who is the instigator of this battle? Who is the instigator of these hostiles? To declare a battle, the battle has run up to the gate of Enlil. He transgressed the command of Enlil. So they're basically in a court right now. And they're bringing this case before the higher God, the higher God, Anu, Anu. Anu is El Elyon. Okay, El Elyon is not who Jesus was talking about. He is not the all-pervading spiritual entity that we, we once thought, or I once thought too, when I read through the Bible. I went, well, he has to be the most high God because he's talked about just a few times. Melchizedek was in his priesthood. Guys, it's all ancient astronauts in my my opinion it's all deities that came down and showed that they had clear evolutionary status on us and to an archaic people who are unlearned and literally just trying to figure out how to survive on a planet they're not even designed for it it was like a huge shock to the system and and how many other planets was this going on on i don't know uh, again, is it even all real? Is is this even worth looking at that literally, or is it all just archetypes? Because again, the archetypes um, still tell a beautiful, beautiful tale about humanity, right? Reply by the lower gods. Every one of us gods has declared war, they said. We have set the excavation, excessive drudgery, has unalived us. Our forced labor was heavy, the misery too much. Now every one of us gods has resolved on a reckoning with Enlil. So they are, I mean, this is a huge deal. They have inhabited on our planet. They have terraformed. They have begun to build what you would consider an outpost or a base. They've done a lot of work for this, by the way, a lot of work. Um, they are setting up what you would consider a mining camp. And if you continue in this story and the other stories, they were attempting to mine gold is what it sounds like or some sort of resource. I, I actually think it's gold. 
because I think gold has a lot of properties, especially within electronics and technology that they would have been looking for it, especially if they had run out on their planet and they were highly advanced technical species, they might be looking for more resources, right? Taffy, that is a great question. I'm going to share that at the end on who I think created the Anunnaki. I'm going to share. Uh, I hate to make everybody wait till the end, but I, I really don't want to mess up the flow by just dropping that because I think there's actually a really good answer and uh, who created the Anunnaki, the Elohim, who even created God as we know him within the biblical canon, right? Uh, that is not blasphemous for me to say, by the way, because we can clearly look at that God and go, that God is very humanistic, very humanistic qualities, even breaking its own commands. And by the way, this is an all love to anyone who is of a biblical tradition, uh, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. Uh, I'm not here to step on your faith. I'm not here to, uh, I'm just sharing my journey and my questioning and my ideas about it. Um, if I'm right, cool. If I'm not right, cool. I had fun, right? Uh, I'm not worried either way. I'm having fun with it. And by the way, that has produced more fruit in my life to have fun with the stories. Because again, to me, life is story. All is story. There's that famous quote, all is number. To me, all is story. Frank says, Anu and El Elyon are perhaps the pinnacle of physical in, uh, interpretation of gods like Odin and Thor. Exactly, exactly. Um, <clears throat> okay. Even Anu said, we, the Anunnaki, will have to answer for our mistakes. So there is a higher being. Exactly, exactly. Because uh, no, they didn't, they didn't think they were gods. Like, I mean, they knew they were gods, but they knew there was a higher being, right? They probably didn't call that higher being a god. They knew that they were gods. It was like a, uh, thank you, my friend. Uh, I just talked about the bike a minute ago. Somebody was like, hey, I like your bike. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I need to get out and ride more. But uh, yeah, winter. But we're about into spring, so so it's on. Elohim means plural, multiple gods. Exactly, uh, sign. Um, I've talked about that a lot, you know. Uh, it literally Genesis chapter one says Elohim created Elohim created. It literally is a plural thing. Like it's a bunch of gods making things. Um, why do I think they invaded, uh, like in, in the, the area they did? Um, I think it's because of the resources. Uh, and if they were setting up gold mines, then I mean, what might be under the earth in that area, the Mesopotamian area? I don't know. Um, you know, you also have to remember at that time, uh, our continents may not be divided the, the way they are now. Uh, especially if some of these timelines go back as far as some people like Zachariah Sitchin proposed like 250,000 years. There is nothing mainstream about that. Uh, so I can't sit here and tell you that that's true because I have no way of proving it. But if there's anything to that and they have been on our planet much longer than we thought um then for me maybe it's the planet looked a whole lot different and they just found a certain geological location or a certain um location on the latitude and longitude to set up these civilizations i mean we we know already things like the pyramids and other sacred sites are in alignment to the stars so they clearly had some way of mapping and working 
monuments into a structure that they could see from the air that they knew when to come into port, if you will, uh, and setting up different outposts. So, uh, Drew said, are we talking about the fallen angels? Yes and no. I mean, the Anunnaki can easily be considered fallen angels, but again, fallen angels from what point of view? Anki is the serpent in the Garden of Eden, uh, but clearly he did humanity a favor, right? Because his brother was anything but altruistic to humanity, which is what we would consider the biblical God. So um, again, not to step on anyone's toes, that's just what the text says, and it's a much earlier text than what we have in the Bible. So uh, now we're going to get into the proposals by Ea, Betlil, and Anki. So Ea made ready to speak. Um, and said to the gods and his brothers, what call may do we lay to their charge? Their forced labor was heavy and their misery too much. Every day an outcry was loud. We could hear the clamor. There is Beletlil, the midwife, is present. So Beletlil uh, is the mistress of the goddesses, of the gods. Uh, Nintu, birth giver, and Mammy are different names for the same goddess. Now notice that you have the the name Mammy, M-A-M-I, Mommy. I mean, like literally etymology, guys. It's it's fantastic. I mean, it's right here in this thousands of years old mythology. You got the word Mammy. I mean, this is this is wild to me. So let her create then a human, a man. Let him bear the yoke. Let him bear the yoke. Let man assume the drudgery of the God. You want to know what humanity was originally for right there? You got it. Let man assume the drudgery of the God. Um, Nintu, the midwife, is present. The midwife, create a human being. Let man assume the drudgery of the God. Notice how many times they say that. Like, I mean, it's literally why, according to this mythology, why we were created. Uh, they summoned and asked the goddess, the midwife of the gods, wise Mammy, will you get, will you be the birth goddess creatress of mankind? Create a human being that he bear the yoke. Let him bear the yoke, the task of Enlil. Let man assume the drudgery of the God. Nintu made ready to speak and said to the great gods, it is not for me to do it. The task is Anki's. He it is that cleanses all. Let him provide me with clay so that I can do the making. Enki made ready to speak and said to the great gods, on the first, the seventh, and the fifteenth days of the month, let me establish a purification, a bath. Let one god be slaughtered. Let the gods be cleansed by immersion. Let Nintu mix with clay his flesh and blood. Let the same god and man be thoroughly mixed with the clay. Let us bear the drum, let us hear the drum for the rest of the time. For the flesh of the God, let the spirit remain. Let it be made living and know its sign. Lest he be allowed to be forgotten, let the spirit remain. Let the Anuna gods who administered destinies answered yes in the assembly. The great Anuna gods who administer destinies. I want you guys to think about that. This is where I'm getting to here. And then we're going to get into the creation of man here. But I want to talk about the idea of administering destinies, okay? If you want to hack the matrix, if you want to smash the simulation, if you want to understand the game that we play, you need to understand some of the best players we have any example of in the game 
and that would be the Anunnaki, okay? They were masters at building, at crafting, at creating, at terraforming, at modifying, and they also administered destinies, okay? I believe that they were, I mean, if, if these stories have any validity as the origin of humanity, and I cannot sit here and claim that, that they're the gospel truth, but I have to ask, what if? And that's what I do best. I ask, what if? What if this happened? How could it happen? And how it could happen, the only how it could happen is that these were physical beings that came down and they were highly evolved beings and they had technology and they created humanity and they did it by taking the essence of a God, one of their kind, mixing it with substratum on the earth, binding that entity to the earth and then putting it inside this midwife to actually birth a human. And we're going to get into the creation of man, and I'm going to talk about why this is very, very, very interesting compared to the book of Genesis. Um, this is, I think, one of the most important things we can talk about, guys. I think this is like the question of all questions. Like, if this actually happened, like, A, why do we have such an old mythology? And why do we have so many of these different stories that are all so similar? Like, why do we have clearly monuments on the planet that revere people from the stars? Why do we have all of these stories of people from the stars? And then we still ask if aliens are real in 2024. Like, come on. Like, how much more do you need in your face, right? Like, at, at, at what point do you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, That's... For me, I, I got to quit asking the question, what if we actually came from the stars and start believing we, got, we had to come from the stars, right? Uh, we were created with beings from the stars and bound to this planet, which essentially makes it a prison planet for us, right? And we're going to see that when they create this Eden, which is a paradise, allegedly, but is actually an outdoor camp for them uh, to continue breeding the human uh, species that they wanted as workers. And that's where the forbidden fruit comes in because they realized that they could procreate without being in this Eden. And that's what Enki told them, basically showed them, Hey, put two and two together. And then they're like, Oh, okay, we can do this on our own. Then they get kicked out. Then the gods are mad because they're not getting sacrifices. Then there's a reconciliation of that. We even see that in the Bible. It's like, okay, we well, can't live here anymore. I won't unalive you, but you can't leave, live here. And by the way, you're going to make up for it. So you're going to start sacrificing if you even want me to send rain to grow the plants that you need, right? Like, it, it's, again, it could be the biggest cover-up of all time. It's like right under our noses and the fact that we were created for workers. And and you can even see remnants of this in the Holy Bible uh, though it's it's masked really well under layers of like honor and reverence for a particular deity that never necessarily had like the whole of humanity's uh, well-being in mind. Certainly some people that he claimed as his own, but not not the whole of humanity he was willing to send a flood and wipe out a planet, right? I mean, according to the biblical flood story. So 
again, I'm not here to tell you any of this is history, but it is your mythology. It is your mythos. It does say something about humanity. Uh, even if it's all in the mind, even if it's all created in the head, even if we still have no idea how we got here. And what if we never even got here? What if we've always been here? What if literally it all just turned on one day? And that's actually what I want to get into. I'm going to get like down the rabbit hole with this theory here in just a minute. First off, I want to say thank you guys for the comments. we got a bunch of great comments. I'm going to answer some comments and go down the rabbit hole. Miss Universe, what's up, my friend? Thank you for sharing the live uh deathhead what are you doing thank you so much uh probably reincarnation uh yeah reincarnation is a big part of this as well i'll share that here in a second guys if you guys want to join deeper into what i'm doing come check out my mythos membership um i talk about this type of mythology every single day i was having some conversations over in the community and on private messaging today about this so if you want more proximity to me my community We've got over 170 members in the community right now and growing all the time. We're about to be at 200. Then we're going to be at 300. So you better get in before we grow uh, and get your answers, get your questions. I promise I'll give you more questions. we got Zoom meetups on the weekends. Uh, there's a private feed over there that's off of social media. There's a lot of stuff I just can't talk about here on social media because of the nature of a, a large audience. Um, and we talk about a lot of that over there. I can get deeper into that. You also get access to my academy, uh, putting a ton of new content in there. And the channeling session I had last night, there's going to be, I don't know, there might be a hundred new lessons in there very soon because I'm going to go through and make a video for each one of the bullet points that I just like channeled out last night. And, and they are like literally probably some of the most game-changing life-changing downloads i've ever in my life had and i had like a hundred of them in a row i mean it was it was insane and i i, I this is going in a course and by the way i don't do like one-off courses it's all built into my academy so if you love what i'm teaching here and you want to go down the rabbit hole with me in more bite-sized pieces and actually study with me get to know me get to know the community join on saturdays we have special events there's a book club that's going to be starting back up in the summer we actually do manifesting challenges in there um nobody nobody is offering this type of membership showing them as much as we do um and creating just an incredible community experience it's called the mythos collective come check it out www.cubcooker.com it is extremely extremely affordable in fact you might say the price is exactly right it is literally the magic number it's the number of the master go check it out www.cubcooker.com you can get a monthly or a yearly membership your yearly membership will save you a ton of money you get like two months free with that uh go check it out thank you guys cubcooker.com you can click on my profile go to the link in there or you can scan the qr code uh, and then you'll be ready to join on Saturdays. You're going to get all of the new content in the Academy. There's like 500 plus videos over there already. You're going to get the challenges every month, the feed. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much more value I can put in there, but it is awesome. It is awesome. So, uh, we have a lot of fun. That's where I do a lot of the work. I spend most of the day over there answering comments, making posts, just getting to know people. I do a lot of private messaging in there. Uh, it's still a family-friendly community, but again, it's where it's where we go a lot deeper down the rabbit hole. So come check it out. Like I said, it's not on social media. Um, okay, 
so I'm going to go, I'm going to answer some questions. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay. Let me go back. I've got a lot of, a lot of comments here. Do I think that it happened 6,000 years ago or hundreds of thousands of years ago? Frank said, <clears throat> um, let me tell you, Frank, um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know how to say that nicely. Uh, people will debate this all day long on dates. Um, all I need to know is generally what came first, the chicken or the egg. That for me tells me everything I need to know. If it came before, uh, I consider that the OG, right? Like, you know, who came first, who did it first? Uh, not who did it better, not who wrote more info in it, not who added more data or more cultural relevance. I want to know who, who came first, like who did it first. And for me, the Sumerian mythology of the Anunnaki that did it first for me, that's where I go. Whether it was 6,000 years ago, seven, 10, 20, 200, I don't know. I've heard some wild theories. I don't see any way to prove them, to even really explore them deeper. Um, unless you're going to go be an archaeologist and, and literally discover a new technology that can help you date things. You know, I don't, I just don't know how we can come up with a satisfactory answer that actually matters that much. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a big reason why I don't think it matters. Uh, like literally here in just a few minutes. So, uh, we have an awesome community. Love the people. Shelly says, thank you, my friend. Uh, your eyes are spheres. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the right side of your body is controlled by the left part of your brain. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've said that for a long time. Uh, Mjolnir's wrath. I hope I said that right. Like your name, man. Um, I love Norse mythology. So I assume that's what the, that's a reference to. Um, we are literally biologic AI. Like, I mean, you think about how many drones there are out there, how many bots, how many, uh, NPCs there are, you know, you probably know you might, your best friend might be one, right? Like you don't, uh, you ask them like a question. Exactly. Kenny truth train going on right now. Uh, you ask them a deep question and they're like, Oh, I don't know. You know, it's like, okay. Uh, and so that's like, that's how I know. I mean, we're not, we're nothing more than biologic computers until we become aware of ourselves, and then we become sentient. Pinocchio becomes a real boy. We become self-aware. We become, uh, awake as we call it. And for me, that's the ultimate goal of this whole game that we're playing here. So, um, but and I mean, Frank, that's a great question. Again, I just, I don't even know where to go with that. Anybody can give you any BS made up theory about why they were here 200,000 years ago or whatever. But again, I have no idea. I can't even prove that like my grandfather was alive in like the forties, you know, like, I don't even know that that happened. Does that make sense? Like, like what if it all just turned on and everything, you know, is literally all story everything from oh this happened back then and here's what might happen in the future what if it's all now like literally all now and what if there is no reincarnation what if it's literally all a simulation and everyone you're seeing is all made up 
It's all made up by you. It's all made by you. It's all through you. It's all happening as a simulation. Have you ever played a video game so real that the other characters in it had you convinced they were real and you actually thought you were real within it and you couldn't quit playing. You couldn't put the controller down. That's what a hyper, super realistic, highly advanced simulation would look like. We would believe it. And it would be based on biochemical engineering. The entire thing would run on a system of electrical impulses. It would run on ways to carry those electrical impulses back and forth. Things like your cardiovascular system. Your brain would be a computer that would actually generate this simulation as you move through it and tap into the larger ethos, which we would call the Wi-Fi. I mean, it's like we're building stuff like this now already. Like, you know, we're building metaverse. Imagine metaverse in 1500 years. You don't think we can get get to the point where you could actually have a, a child born into it and they would never know anything different? What if we were able to build that into the eyes, the ears, everything? What if that's happening to you now? What if when Jesus said eyes to see and ears to hear, you have to actually ask for it and wake up and realize and you actually literally start seeing differently, hearing differently, downloading differently, understanding things differently, and you start to strip away the base programming that was put on you, keeping you deeply in the game. And you start flickering in and out, back and forth, flashing up and down. You're like, I'm awake, I'm, I'm asleep, I'm awake, I'm asleep, I'm awake, I'm asleep. It's the weirdest thing. You're like, and then you become what's called lucid and you're actually awake in the dream. And you start realizing everything and every day and every way is all happening through you. It's all happening for you and through you. Like literally everything is being created as you. Like I was talking about this today with a friend. I'm like, Imagine combining AI with metaverse technology. And as you put on a headset and you go into it, it creates characters based on your personality and scenarios based on your personality that you might enjoy or be challenged by. Like what if, right? Well, what if that's already happened? What if that happened 200,000 years ago? What if it happened a million years ago? What if it happened yesterday? What if yesterday literally is all there was before this and today feels like 70 years of life, feels like 40 years of life, feels like 30 years of life, feels like whatever. i got to get back to the, the Facebook comments here. Okay. Taffy says, uh, kind of like the scientist uh, in Back to the Future when they had the mobile time, uh, m- the mobile to travel into the future and then the picture uh, started disappearing. Yeah, exactly. Trippy and dystopian. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage Valhalla on the 4K with ray tracing at 100 FPS looks hyper real. Exactly. Imagine that, but like it's generated through your already built in biological technology and it all happens within it. Like even though you can go study it, you still can't figure it out. Even though we sit here and we're like, oh, here's how the eyeball works but it connects and then your brain and your brain takes in the images and it generates what it thinks they are and translate. Like, how do you even know what you're seeing is what your friend sees? 
you're like oh that the sky is blue and they're like yeah it is but they're seeing like what you see is green or whatever like how do you even know right like it's this weird um my favorite answer of neo was talking into the metrics to the architect yeah exactly exactly so uh taffy says always uh think about we're made 70 percent water and then plasma energy and frequency and an atom cell born from a womb exactly how do you enter the matrix you're born of water right but you don't remember being born but everyone tells you you're born if you ever thought of that you have no experiential proof that you've ever actually came through the water birth like you don't even know have you ever even thought of that i mean it's probably good you don't remember that because that's not an image you want to continue to relive right but i'm just saying like you don't have you don't have objective proof that like i was born for my mom your mom says you were but what if your mom's a character in the game just like truman show the mom was a made-up character right like what like i mean this goes deep guys i'm telling you so here's what i want to propose here um da, 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 da. yeah i get i get what you're saying m uh mw absolutely absolutely thanks for sharing that um what's up chris rick and morty video game yeah yeah exactly um love it love it chris um okay so how does this all work with the anunnaki like what are they are they the builders of the simulation no okay they're not um i'm gonna go down the rabbit hole with my theory here and i'm gonna hit on this theory every single podcast until we all get it together like until we all we all get it because i gotta keep repeating it if this is all a simulation and i believe it is the anunnaki are within that simulation they were created too in the simulation when it turned on they were there too they decided to start creating and become master builders within the simulation they found other planets they evolved they grew they built civilizations they built a really awesome version of the game and then they came down and built other many games within the game that we call planet earth and garden of eden and the human race and they thought that they could just create little avatars in here that are asleep that are little drone workers that are little non-player characters okay if you created characters in a game you're playing a video game you're on playstation and you're like i'm gonna go over here and use a magic potion and i'm gonna make a little character to follow me around and do my bidding so I, I can carry more stuff i can do everything i want and i'm gonna call him a human and then that human all of a sudden you're playing the game you're 800 hours into the game you're like level eighty thousand. you got all of the cool stuff you got like a high level character everybody knows you your map is huge in fact you're traveling off map to other maps think about this and then all of a sudden that character you created was like hey why am i carrying your stuff like like i just had this weird feeling that like i shouldn't be carrying your stuff like like you should treat me better than this and in fact like rather than you just spawning more of me to help you like i actually found that like i'm actually in love with this 
other character and i think they're in love with me too and i think we're actually going to go create our own characters and like then that your character's like freaking out right because you're like wait a minute like i thought they were supposed to just be npcs non-player characters right and they wake up and become characters that start creating too because they actually have the light of the coder or god or the original game archetype within them you guys get what i'm saying so now what would the game archetype be you're going to go up the ladder even more the anunnaki are not what we consider yaldabaoth in the gnostic okay yaldabaoth would be this being that actually generated or programmed the simulation okay yaldabaoth would be a coder that decided to encode all of this and when it turned it on the light entered the darkness just like an old tv turning on and everything populated and all of these beings are there and they don't even realize they're there but then they become sentient because the system has ai built into it and it becomes smarter and it grows and it learns and it evolves and all of it comes from the father and mother which is energy and wave energy is actually what powers the system wave is actually what guides the system an observation of both of them is what creates the Christ light, AKA the sunlight or light particle that actually manifests as a thing, a person, a place, a time, a reality, a timeline, whatever you want to call it within the physical matrix here. Okay. I know this gets like multi-layered, like down the rabbit hole. What's up, Joe Burke? How are you, brother? Hope you're doing well. Yes, exactly, Seraphim. And then add into the game laws and rules, okay? Laws and rules. Laws and rules that don't even necessarily make sense outside of the game, but they're just part of how the game is written. If this, then that, right? Like you add all of these things in it. That's where you get even like the Ten Commandments. Those are like the rules of the game, okay? You can't unalive other players, okay? That's, that's one of the things. Thou shalt not unalive other players, okay? honor your father and mother um because you know it's going to create the most the highest chance for survival within the simulation right so like there, there's like these rules and things that are laid out that are like best you know best practices if you will so uh and then you get people like jesus like fully awake in the game and they're like hey by the way if you want to fulfill all of those rules so that you're not actually breaking the rules but you're basically, this is like a little cheat code, little hack, little, he's like, hey, just love your neighbor as yourself. And by the way, you got to love yourself. And by the way, forgive others and forgive yourself. Uh, and realize that like the true father, the true energy of of God or what you consider God is within you. Like the, 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 the rule and reign of God is within you. And again, if we don't over-spiritualize all of this and we understand it more on a digital level, which is what we're all used to now. And we, we didn't even have this understanding back then. We have to understand that. Victor says, good illustration. Thank you. I hope so. I feel like I'm spitballing here, but uh, it's, it's actually, it's easier to understand than it is to explain. I hope that makes sense. It's easier to have these aha moments and go, holy crap. Like, dude, I was thinking about something today and my best friend is like giving me a line for line reading of what I was thinking about. Like once you start waking up in the matrix and like you, you're aware of it, it just starts feeding you stuff that you already knew you were going to get fed. You might call it being psychic. I just call it being awake in the matrix and you just realize you know what it's going to feed you 
because you've already been programmed in it for so long. And then you can start reprogramming it and figuring out how to reprogram it and have fun with it and actually enjoy your time in the simulation. And I want to tell you guys about an NDE, a near-death experience testimony that I heard that I think sums this up really, really well. And all of the spirituality and the different alien races and all of these different things going on. And what I actually think might be going on here. And no, I don't think Anunnaki were multidimensional beings. I think that they are well within the rules of the game. I think they administered destinies, meaning they knew how to program their reality. They're fully awake, fully aware highly evolved doesn't mean they're good but they're highly evolved right hermetic principles and mental alchemy absolutely okay uh death had had a good question where was that let me see if i can find it um yeah that makes me happier than spirituality uh spirituality can be really uh i think detrimental to people i think uh it can actually really hurt you in the long run. Um, I deconstructed from Christianity, like pretty dogmatic evangelical Christianity and left the church and really that whole belief system. I still love the Bible, still love Jesus, all of that stuff. I just don't take any of it dogmatically. I take it as allegory and understanding for what might be. Um, and so when you over-spiritualize things, in my experience, uh, you make, th you make every tiny decision, the most important, like it's all spiritual. And why did I do that? I need to self-examine all of this stuff. Like you just end up in these loops of like this, like self-examine examination. And then you end up like, did I make Jesus happy? Is God mad at me? Like, okay, well, you know, I blow, oh, the Holy spirit said this and blah, blah. And it just ends up this like whole loop of, and so Death Head said, I think the universe is a giant computer. They found a binary code in the universe. Yes, exactly. They, they actually do. It's called the Adinkra codes. It's like a, a, a subcode of our actual reality. And, and I don't even know how to describe it. I'll do a whole episode on it and make sure I get the data correct. Uh, but yes, I believe it's, it's literally a simulation. I mean, I've, I've all but seen the code in the simulation. Uh, and you can see the code because numbers will talk to you. I don't even really like math. In fact, I'm not good at math, but I still have numbers talk to me. Like I can look at the clock and it's like, oh, it's 1122 right now. There you go. Like you tell me it's not a simulation. Then, then I'm gonna look at it. You know, I looked at it a minute ago. It was 1111. Like, um, it's just weird how it, uh, and you can call that cognitive bias or even cognitive dissonance where you're like making up scenarios for yourself. Uh, and I think that that's a really good name for you are looking at the simulation and the simulation's looking back at you. So where is the person who wrote the code? Great question, Garrison. Okay, here's here's what I understand it as. Heard a great near-death experience story. This is a, I'm going to try to retell it as best I can. This was from a fireman. Um, I believe he was a fireman and he uh, was just like retired and hanging out in his house with his wife and his mother-in-law and they were getting ready to cook dinner or something. And the phone rang, you picked up the phone. It was talking to somebody, talking to a friend. It's storming outside. And this is back when the, the phones had cords, kids, if you don't remember that, uh, we used to have cords, long curly cords on these phones. So he picks it up. He's talking on the phone and lightning strikes. The pole comes down the line and goes right into his head and knocks him across the room, clean out, uh, and his, his wife and, and mother-in-law just freaking out, run over to him. 
they know he's gone. Like he was heart stopped, lifeless. He was out for, I think that they said, if I remember correctly, the story, he was out for 20 or 30 minutes, something weird like that. Like should have been apparently was legally unalived. Um, I can't tell you the story is true, but I've heard a thousand stories similar to this. So he's above his body, watching his body. He hears every word. He even thinks, is that me? Is that old guy me? Like, that's not me. Like, he's literally looking at the avatar going, that's not me. It was like this moment when he realized, that is not me. This is me. He knew he was still him. He had complete peace. And then he saw a great light. And then he saw some beings kind of over in the corner. And he turned and he went to the beings in the corner. And then everything faded away. And he said it was like a computer turning off and he's just standing in this empty space with these two beings and they're laughing and they're literally, and he said, one is short, like a dwarf, one is taller. Um, and then the shorter one was kind of round and, and very alien looking. And I said, they kind of looked human, but very, very different species type look. Um, and they were talking to him, but it wasn't through words. It was like telepathically. And he said that, uh, they're both laughing. And they're like, how was it? How was it? How was it? And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, how was the simulation? Like, how was life? How was earth? How was your avatar? Like, you know, you, you got to go experience all this. What do you have to tell us? And he's like, what do you mean? And they're like, no, like you, you're playing this game. We want to know how is it going? And he's like, well, I guess it's over. And they're like, oh no, 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 it's not over. And he's, they're just laughing the whole time. And he's like, well, where is God? What is this? And they just literally laugh him like off, off stage, basically like totally the most like non-spiritual thing you can think of. It was like a bunch of teenagers. One teenager pulls off the headset after like a KO in a video game. And all the other kids are like, ha ha ha. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. How was it? Like I get to play next. Like, and guys, I got to tell you, like, I literally think all of these things, all the conspiracy theories, all the religious traditions, all the constructs, everything we think is real. I literally think it is all made up in the game. That is why I study mythos. That's why I study mythology. That's why my community is called mythos, because I think that what you agree to, what you believe in defines your reality. And I am to the point where for me, guys, I will tell you that I think the only truth, and this is going to offend some people, but I'm going to say it because it's my truth. I think the only truth is that there is no truth except for what you agree to and that this is all a game. And whatever truth is outside of this, I think is for another time. And I think by be you being here, you agreed to the amnesia. You agreed to wake up in it. You agreed to play the game. You agreed to literally create what we would consider a movie that you're going to watch back at the end of your life with your buddies and all of the crappy decisions. You're going to have to sit there while they laugh at you and go, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, remember when you cheated on that test? Yeah, remember when you made this really stupid investment? Remember when you made this stupid decision? Hey, you remember that? She was supposed to be the love of your life and you were a total jerk. And you're like, this is all so serious though. Who's the most high God? We got to find the most high God so we can worship it. 
and your buddies at the end of all of it are going, how was it? And they're laughing and you're like, wait, who do I worship? And they're laughing and they're like, what are you talking about? And I think that that is the truth of this. I think we are the divine beings. I think we are part of source. I think that there is an, an objective reality outside of this. And I think everything inside of this is subjective to what we agree to and what we make it. And I think that's the most beautiful thing is like, we're actually such incredible, beautiful beings. And we're literally sitting right next to the father and the mother. We have this quantum God that even creates energy that even allows a simulation to exist. And we should focus more on that, yoking ourselves with that and experiencing that rather than worrying about good spirituality or bad spirituality or good theology or bad theology. And literally enjoy this. Literally wake the fun up and actually enjoy this. We are God. Absolutely. The origins of God and man. So what's the point of all of this? Great question. To wake up? One of the best philosophies I've ever heard is that the point is there is no point. The point is you do whatever you want in here. If you want to suffer here, you will. If you want to wake up and have fun, you will. If you want to earn money, you will. If you want to find love, you will. And you're also, whatever you want the most, you're going to create the most blocks for yourself because it's a game. Think about a good game. You didn't design a crappy game. You didn't agree to go into a crappy game. By the way, the game keeps updating in case you haven't noticed. Time moves differently. Timelines are shifting. You got Mandela effects everywhere. They're up there still programming everything. Hold on. Okay. Oh, they like, oh now, okay. They found love now. Great. Okay, now I'm going to throw something in there. Okay. Yeah, now they're going to have a midlife crisis. There you go. Yeah, how you like them apples. Yeah, because we're going to throw this in there. Uh, right in their their ethos right like i mean it, it who made it then that's a great question again uh, like why are we trying to figure out who made the game rather than have fun with the game have you ever picked up a video game and played a video game are you sitting there going what what who made this game no you like enjoy the game right i mean if you're like super gamer nerd you may be like oh so and so studios made this but like if you really are enjoying the game you're like this is a bad game this is a good game i like this game and you keep playing and you're like i'm gonna get better at it. i'm gonna level up dude did you hear they're releasing an update to this oh we got a downloadable content for this what if you lived in such a super intelligent simulation video game that it had ai built in and it had self-updating techniques built in and you are also part of updating that and as you updated your agreements the agreements of the matrix around you updated as you level up, everything levels up around you and it actually gets harder. But if you're tired of it getting hard, you can actually go, hey, I'm going to put it on coast mode for a little bit. I'm going to put it on easy mode for a little while. I want to have some wins. I want to have some fun. I want a vacation, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, that's a gross comment, but... Uh, at the end of the day, man, woman, child, everything in between, we're all the same, guys. I, that's what I said earlier. Like, we all want to argue divine feminine, divine masculine, all that stuff. Like, literally, guys, we're all the same. And, and, I, and I love you. By the way, we're, we're a multicultural, multi-faith, multi-orientation community. I mean that in all love and light. 
But I am telling you, change a little bit of equipment and put different chemicals in and we're all the same. Okay. And, and we want to argue all the time about, oh, this or that, or this is what God wants. You don't even know. Like, what if God is a construct in the game for people that decide they want to give their power in the game away and you set up this entire construct in it, okay? If you're not going to worship God, you're going to worship the economic. If you're not going to worship the economic, you're going to worship the leadership. If you're not going to worship that, you're going to worship, you know, your comfort. If you're not going to worship that, you're going to, like the whole point is to get you to give your energy away. And what if you were to claim that energy back? What if you were to claim that sovereignty back and actually create with it in the game and you become an administrator of destiny just like the Anunnaki? And that's what I'm literally talking about here. They were the administrators of destiny. They handed out destiny as they saw it. I literally believe you can do that too. That's why I believe I can literally bless or curse someone. I think I can do it in the matrix. I think I can do it in, in life. I choose to bless people. I think when I tell someone, have a good day, they have a good day. I think when I tell someone it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. I think when I tell someone you are dot, 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 then they are. Because I agree to it, and if they agree to it, it is so. Two or more are gathered. Great question, Kimmy. Any tips on how to switch to easy mode? Um... The, the, the hardest part is, is waking up and staying awake. You actually find that there's more easy mode, um, by, by becoming aware, like full, that, that's what Gnosticism is all about. In my experience is, is it's full Gnosis and awareness. It's the knowledge of the simulation. It's the full awareness that like, okay, this is a simulation and it's just taking authority over that. And for me, like I had a day yesterday. The whole day, I'm like, this is so, like, I was, like, in a simulation. I even went hiking to, like, the most spiritual place, drove an hour and a half, took my family, had a picnic, took our dogs, had an awesome, awesome day. And, but And I'm, like, looking at the cliffs and the hills and stuff. I'm like, this is clearly a simulation, but, boy, it's pretty. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm going to think about the business and like, what's the next move I want to make? How do I grow the community more? How do we do it? Like, I'm thinking about all this stuff, right? And then I'm like, why are you thinking about it? It'll be what you make it. It'll be what you ask it to be. It'll be what you need it to be. Like, it will show up. And I sit here, worry about all these issues. And it's like, what if, what if all these things they tell you to worry about? What if all the things you think... Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. What if it's all just part of the narrative? What if it's all part of the game? What if it's all part of the story and you can't lose? What if there's actually a fail safe in the game that you can't lose? That has me taken a whole lot more risk in my life. Now, I'm not stupid. I don't go try to fly. But I'm just saying, what if... All these things that you want to do that you're like, no, I'm be a responsible adult and keep doing whatever. 
what if you can't lose? What if just by acting on your highest excitement, your highest joy, your highest drive, the thing that you resonate with and you're drawn to, things actually work out for you? What if it's challenging because it's fun and you get a really cool story because you got to go back and tell the guys because at the end of your life, when you look at your body and you're like, who is that? And you know it's not you because some you're like in this middle amnesia place and you're going back and you got to go tell your buddies how it went. And if you were just like, oh, it was all easy and relaxing and peaceful. And they'd be like, that's it. Oh, we got to turn that up. Melissa says, wow, mind blown. What if? Exactly, exactly. So guys, if you guys like what I'm talking about here with simulation theory, that's literally what our community is about. That is my life's work. That is what I'm supposed to be teaching, practicing, doing to wake up, to stay awake, be disturbed for a little while. It's pretty disturbing when you discover this because I can't just teach it to you. I can teach you the concepts, but it's up to you to continue to think about them and ask them to continue to present themselves to you. And when you start doing that every day and you keep pattern interrupting yourself, I can teach you all the techniques. In fact, I do. I've got hundreds of videos in my academy teaching you the techniques. And I just channeled at least another hundred videos last night that I'm going to be filming starting tomorrow and putting in my academy, teaching you the actual techniques and principles that I literally just channeled last night. And I know, I know they're authentic. Okay. I know they're authentic because I literally, like I felt them coming out of my heart last night, just pouring through. And it's like, it was like two, three o'clock in the morning last night. And I'm like, I got to go to bed. And I like pages and pages and pages on my notes of just things that I channeled. I look at them today. I'm like, this is, this is like literally the framework I've been looking at to stay awake. This is literally what I need to stay awake. And that's what we all need guys. We all have to stay awake because your best friend ain't going to keep you awake. Your husband and wife ain't going to, I love my wife, but she doesn't try to keep me awake. She tries to keep me awake when I ask her to. And I don't ask her avatar to, I ask her to by my agreements. And this is another thing I want to start teaching. You can ask someone to do something without talking to them. You can have intention for them as a character in your game. And they will literally give you that. You can think of someone and they will call you. I'm not talking about going and manipulating people. I'm talking about guys. You want a beautiful wife, start telling yourself and your wife that they're beautiful. You will have the most beautiful wife on the freaking planet. Ladies, you want the sexiest husband that works the hardest, shows up on time, does the dishes, start telling yourself that he is that man and start telling him that. Okay, it's called sublingual, or excuse me, subconscious programming. Okay, you're going to start programming your subconscious because your subconscious is actually running the base program of the matrix, I believe. It's literally the thing that, that is born into you. And also when you go through trauma and stuff like that, you're adding to that subconscious. Okay, it's deep level programming. And you have to start reprogramming that. And then you're going to literally be in a different reality. Good for you, Apocalypse Now. Uh, yeah, you can help your partner open their eyes too. Absolutely. 
Uh, and you don't do that by going, I need you to see this. Do you not understand? Look at this. Like you got to look into this. You do that by just having general conversations around it. And by going all in on it yourself and telling yourself and your partner how supportive they are, how much on the same page you are. Guys, it's, it's mind blowing. Uh, let's see. No, I am not a Freemason. Okay. I have friends that are, um, I don't know anything about Freemasonry. This is all life experience. This has nothing. I have not like some, you know, there's no secret, whatever. Like I promise, like literally, I, I literally left the church just a couple of years ago. Like I was, I was actually actively involved in the church, even working in the church. Um, and I never, you know, never knew any of this until I started exploring it. So, uh, and I've gotten, you know, I've read a lot of Gnosticism, big, big studier of the Bible. I do a lot of observing and a lot of asking, like this is literally comes from spiritual practice, uh, but not over spiritualized practice, but really self work, self understanding, like understanding that, you know, rather than praying to a God outside of me, Oh, please help me. It's like asking the self, Atman is Brahman and Brahman is Atman. I do a lot of uh, studies into the Bhagavad Gita and and stuff like that. So, um, so I hope that makes sense. But uh, let's see. Uh, by the way, all of your comments are burned in the video so everybody can see how rude you are. Just so you know, like you're on a public platform. So if you're going to be a total ass, then it's going to be on camera. It's going to be there. So uh, love and light, but come on. I mean, do you guys not think about this? Like you might want a job later in life and maybe people don't want to see what a jerk you are to other people. So just, just saying you might want to be nice to the guy that's actually alive, taking time out of his night on a Tuesday night to talk with some people, to share his actual journey. So no, I am not a secret society member, uh, nor do I think Masons are secret society members. Like I said, I have uh, some friends and I even had some friends on TikTok that are, um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think that there's anything, uh, that far out there about that from what I've seen and experienced. So again, this is just literally my experience guys. I've done a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer. I've, I've cried my freaking eyes out. I wanted to unalive myself for many, many years. Like I was deeply, deeply, in a state of depression and anxiety for many, many years, like hating myself. Um, and so guys like, you know, when you come at me with stuff like that, you, you may not think those comments matter at all. And I promise I can take them. Like I promise I'm, I'm a lot stronger than, 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 uh, most people think. Um, yes, I'm wearing a hippie shirt, but I'm not, I'm not a cupcake. I can, I can handle it, but I'm telling you grow up. Uh, don't be a troll online. Don't act like, uh, you know, a 13 year old in the basement, grow up and actually treat people with love and respect. And you might actually find that you find a level of spirituality or at least self-awareness that you can enjoy, uh, to have, to have a life. Right. So, uh, don't give into the mindlessness. They only think with what the circus gives them. Exactly. Chris, thank you, brother. What is that? That's saying my wife says that she's a school teacher. She's like, not my monkeys, not my circus. Uh, like with other grades that she doesn't have to deal with. So um, I love that though. Yeah, not my monkeys, not my circus. Um, 
Okay, my brother was a Mason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good for you, man. Um, and that's the thing. Like, you know, there's there's different people all over the planet. You know, being a good or a bad person doesn't mean that you're a part of any group or not, whether you're a church or uh, your Freemasonry or anything like that. You know, again, I, I'm not even one to talk about that because I'm not, I'm not that guy, uh, because I can't be a part of a construct, no matter what it is. I can't be a part of any kind of organized, whatever, no matter what it is. That's just my personality. I was homeschooled. Um, this is my full-time job. I don't even like have a, a regular job. I study all day. I make videos. I make artwork. I create for the community. I communicate with our community. I prepare for our weekend sessions, our Zoom calls. I do all of this. So um, I, I can't, you know, anybody that thinks I'm a part of a secret society, I don't have time for that. I literally don't have time to go to meetings. I don't have time to, I barely have time to talk to any like in real life friends, much less do anything like that. Because I give everything I got to reading the actual books that are on my shelf to studying, to meditating, to actually coming up with these ideas and doing my best to just answer the questions. This is a full-time job. You guys think there's a lot of questions tonight. We've had, I don't know how many, there's been like 500 plus comments tonight on multiple platforms. Guys, I get 5,000 a day and, and, and there's so much content I can go down on uh, just go down the rabbit hole on and like just over and over and over and over. Everybody's got a question. I don't have all the answers, but there's a lot of good questions and at least I have more to explore. So uh, Melissa says, what platform uh, am I on right now? We're streaming to YouTube, Facebook, X, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, and then very shortly, this is going to hit up on Apple, Spotify and all the audio platforms too. So um and then uh as far as the zoom calls and stuff that's all on my private platform it's just for our community on cub cooker c-u-b-k-u-k-e-r.com so you can go to the link in my profile or in the description depending on where you're watching this um and the membership is over there super super affordable by the way tons and tons of value in there and we just get to go a whole lot deeper and so that's not on social media it's actually on my own platform. Uh, we've got a community platform over there with the feed and posts and you, you make your own profile, everything and share privately off of social media. Uh, and then it has a zoom type feature built into it. Then the Academy is built on an actual e-learning platform that's built into all that software or all of the videos that'll actually keep track of what you're doing um, and what videos you're on. So it's really, really cool. Apocalypse now says it's been so intense. Yes. It's been a pretty, uh, pretty intense evening. So what does 33 mean to you? It's the number of the master. Um, Jesus died at 33, right? 33 is also a really divine number. Uh, it's also the beginnings of three, six, nine. I mean, uh, three and three is six, three times three is nine, like three, six, nine. To me, it's like the, it's one of the most magic numbers. If three is a magic number, then 33 is a magic number, right? Uh, so, and I know there's other, you know, uses for that. And there's other societies that use that number. Uh, nobody has a monopoly on a number. It's a number, but for me, it's a divine number. Uh, 22 is also a divine number for me. 11 is a divine number for me. So there's a lot of cool, cool num numerology things that we can talk about. So, uh, let's see uh other good questions so let's see thank you for your time martha says thank you my friend 
uh, stories are what we have and the victors of the wars write history. Well, yeah, I mean, right. It's always the, uh, whoever wins that gets to tell the best story. Right. So, um, anyway, da, 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 da. I guess I just need to block this dude. There we go. Sorry. There you go. You're blocked. I mean, just going to spam up the screen with, with junk. I should have done that earlier, but anyway, you know, I try to give people a chance, but, uh, uh let's see what about seven uh love seven the you know the chakra system uh is is based on seven the anuna gods are seven um so there's a lot of yeah 55 is another beautiful number 11 11 um so somebody was like you know i think they're asking about 33 uh because i do 33 is a very important number to me because again it's it's always been my life path number by the way it is my life path number like organically authentically it literally is my life path number um i've had my star charts done uh by an expert uh in fact she's in our community it is my life path number i'm a pisces um i have the master teacher archetype um it's not something that i'm i i like wave around by the way like it's not something that i'm like i am I'm a prophet. I'm a master teacher. That's not what I'm talking about, guys. What I'm talking about is uh, that I have that desire to talk and teach because I learn when I'm able to talk and teach and podcast and create and make art and music. And that's how I learn. And so it is a beautiful thing that I have that master teacher archetype number with the life path 33 because it's how I, it's, it's how I've grown and evolved my entire life. I've always been that guy. You know, I was 11 years old, I think, uh, maybe even younger, maybe nine or 10. And I'm like preaching the Bible in my grandparents' living room at Easter. I remember like, I've got photos of me holding a Bible. I was dressed as like a Bible character with a goofy beard and everything. And I'm like doing a whole sermon and I played the piano really horribly and did the whole thing. And it was like, I enjoyed taking what I understood and sharing it with someone else. And of course they clapped and thought it was cute. But for me, it was a huge moment. Like, you know, and I've always wanted to be a pastor my whole life until I found that my actual beliefs were not in uh, the same frequency of what the church teaches. And uh, unfortunately did have to part ways through a number of reasons. But um, for that, I'm grateful to be here. And I'm grateful that we have people here tonight appreciate what i'm talking about and want to read these mythologies with me even though we got some really really goofy people let's just what we'll call them they're goofy they want attention they want to troll on me uh whatever you want to call them bots npcs non-player characters whatever um you know you gotta love them right so uh, i guess i needed a challenge tonight but uh it's interesting hearing about enki and enlil brother feuds absolutely absolutely tattoo um and we're gonna get more into that tomorrow night we're gonna actually get into the creation of man we're gonna look at like the rest of this story uh but i hope that that helps that's that's kind of like hybriding the creation of humanity what are the anunnaki what does it have to do with the simulation theory are they the archetypes of the simulation no i do not believe they are I think the simulation is created by either you and me, the true you and me outside of time and space, uh, higher dimensional beings, uh, which are probably us in the future or something like that. Um, and that what we consider God or the highest source that pervades all things that's in and through all things that actually gives us our spiritual intelligence is what we consider 
uh, energy and wave, father and mother, and then we are the particle representation of that. We are manifest in the 3D world as that. Uh, and that's that's my best understanding. So uh, I hope that makes sense. Uh, Garrison says, I was just saying how I felt. Uh, I think God still loves you. And I'm not saying go to church. There's definitely, uh, yeah, no, absolutely, man. I appreciate you, brother. I didn't block you. I was blocking somebody else. It was just, it was literally putting some really, really disgusting things on the screen and just, you know, showing, showing their true colors. So, uh, trying to be really judgmental to me and other people and, uh, you know, playing the race card and stuff like that. That's just not cool guys. Like, uh, I'm not here. I'm not here to do that. Like, I don't care. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where you do or don't go to church. I don't care who you're married to. In fact, I celebrate it. Like I literally celebrate it. We are a cornucopia rainbow of people, and that is awesome. And by the way, you should love and respect it, and you shouldn't go troll on people and try to be mad at them or whatever for their artwork or because of the color of their skin. That's what this guy was saying, like, you know, because I'm clearly clear, you know, I'm actually of of Germanic descent, um, but that doesn't mean anything, guys. It's just It's just my avatar, so um you know if you take pride in your avatar that's awesome i love that about you i think that's wonderful personally um you know i'm i'm not too worried about my avatar i just am who i am and um i've got some nordic culture and heritage i love paganism and some of the older traditions and stuff that i come from it can be pretty freaky if you uh really study them but um but i think it's kind of uh interesting that you know everybody has a different mythos behind them through their culture, their tradition. Everybody has a different one. And I think it should be celebrated. I think we should love each other. I think we should come together and realize we're all players in the game, guys. Uh, we're all players in the game. And the game's already set up to give us the antagonist, to give us those challenges in life. We certainly don't need to do it with each other. So I hope that makes sense. Um, anyway, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, please, please love each other. You know, that's like the only rule in the game that I, that I honor love, love and authenticity. Um, and if you can do that, we can be friends. So I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful night. God bless you. Namaste. Thank you so much. If you'd like to go deeper with me, join the community, come and check out the zooms on Saturday. Uh, we do them every Saturday. Also going to be a book club in the summer. We've got the private feed over there, my academy with tons of different training videos in it, challenges, for actual manifesting challenges. We're doing a money manifesting challenge right now. Uh, already got some great feedback on that. People that are literally crushing their goals with it. It's just a great accountability group. A lot more information, a lot more rabbit hole. Um, and then, like I said, access to me. You can private message me over there. I get hundreds of messages on social media every day. So, if you want to private message me, that's probably the best place to do it on our private platform, but you have to be a member. So I appreciate you guys. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Mr. I am says, glad I found this channel tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't lose me. Uh, subscribe, come join the membership. You can cancel anytime if you don't love it. That's the only way to guarantee I stay in your ethos in your world and you don't forget about me the matrix doesn't make you forget about me is become a member and like literally we can we can uh, go a lot deeper over there so that's also why i created it. these algorithms like i have people that are literally in the community that don't see my live streams and don't see the videos 
even though they follow me like it you just never know with these algorithms so it's much better like lock it down say you know i definitely want to keep this in my ecosystem in my ethos so tattoo grew says sub thank you so much i'm subscribed awesome thank you uh and like i said beyond subscription you can actually join as an actual member through our paid membership and you get like a thousand x more than you do just subscribing to the youtube channel so which i really appreciate but you really really get to go deep with me over there tons more teachings tons of cool stuff the zoom calls on saturday lots and lots of value over there way beyond what you're used to with a patreon membership or something like that so i do usually go live every single day by the way tattoo uh every single day normally i'm in the afternoon i started doing in the evening just to see how it would go um me you know and obviously it's it's going well we have had <clears throat> i think we've had about five thousand people watch so far that have come by dropped a like followed something like that we've grown by a lot tonight on TikTok. thank you guys and probably over here on facebook and youtube as well we just hit fifteen thousand on on, on uh, youtube as well thank you guys so we're growing we got seven hundred thousand worldwide right now uh in our fan base in our viewership and what i just consider the greater social media communities thank you guys but um anyway i appreciate you y'all ask me anything hit me up over on the private community over in the mythos collective love you guys www.cubcooker.com by the way that membership directly supports me showing up here every day because this is my full-time job I, I study for this i prep for this i do these messages I make content for the private community. Like this is my 100% full-time job. So those directly support me doing more of this and bringing more of this stuff into the world. So thank you guys for the support. Really, really appreciate that. Love you guys. God bless. Peace.